sun is shining, the trees are swaying in a light breeze, and it is The Breakfast Show, right here live from Newcastle. We are enjoying the beautiful pleasure of another sunrise and another morning here in the studio with Shell producing Lawson scrolling through a bunch of pictures on his phone and me sitting here watching him uh, questioning what's going on for the day and what, what are you thankful on? for? I <laughs> am thankful for Mexican food. Nice. Because it tastes good. <laughs> and then nothing else. It is Mexican food. That's not the story you told me. Mexican food is a, is a curse to your body. And I'm experiencing that right now. Yeah, that's what you told but, me. But let's just, let's just say... It tastes good, so it's it's almost like it tastes I, good, but it doesn't end well. For yeah, me. yeah, it's it's a curse worthy of having, okay, or maybe not. I I'm I'm in the process of deciding that at the moment. Yeah, and I have been since I woke up this morning. <laughs> what are you grateful for this morning, Blake? Uh, well, I've been where you've been, and I've had some I've had some rough Mexican food in my life as mm-hmm. well too. Where let's just say it, it burns. <laughs> On both ends. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, we have good Mexican, a good Mexican restaurant in right, Newcastle. Right, right, Like, one. We have one really good okay. Mexican restaurant. Yeah. And clearly, you went to a different one? No, I went to that one. Oh, yikes. But I- I'm starting to see that this is a trend, a systemic problem within the Mexican food industry. <laughs> or maybe within your intestines. Or maybe within <laughs> me. Yeah. That this is... you, you have you ever thought. You might be the problem. I might be the problem. You might be the Maybe problem. Maybe Mexicans don't go through this. No, they don't. That's why they've created that food. They're immune. Totally fine. Really? Oh, yeah. It's... Wow. You've got a genetic issue. I... Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the color of my hands right now. I'm like... You're yeah, a souped-up white boy that, can't handle Mexican food. That's right. That's my <laughs> genetic issue. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It is, honestly, today is one of those days I'm looking at that sun and it is coming through uh, on the, well, I don't know where you're at, but if you're in Newcastle, you better get outside and watch that sunrise because it is gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful high-pressure system out there today. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> the high-pressure, low-pressure guy. Yeah, that's right. I was talking about low-pressure systems yesterday and yeah. and... We were all just Blake like, and Robbie were what lost. Are you, what are you doing? What, what are you talking about? Austin, I'm like, I can see it with my eyes. Your superior. It's written in the sky. Your superior intellect was uh, I know beyond it's our yeah. simpleton ways. Yeah. People uh, often say that. I'm intimidating. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it must be because of that. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I'm like so for being someone <laughs> For being someone who's so intimidating, you are very intimidated just by a little taquito. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, it's just yeah. that a pink pequeña taquito yeah, mess yeah. you up, man. And now, be careful. Now I'm, you know, my my body has been thoroughly oppressed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're listening to the breakfast show on Faith FM. Where we course, give tips on detox. That's right. We are going to give you our first clue for the quiz. Our quiz today. Mm. The question is: yeah. What number am I? Okay. So we're, we're dealing. We're dealing with numbers here. Okay. With numerology, mathematics, <laughs> arithmetic. Here we so go. So what number am I? What number am I? E- except this has nothing to do with mathematics. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. Anyways, the chapter in 1 Samuel that records Saul's 
anointing as the king of Israel by Samuel. Ooh. If you know what chapter that is. So it's the chapter in 1 Samuel that records Saul's anointing. Don't be going looking that up. Anointing by, oh, you know, to be the king of Israel by Samuel. Now, this is the first clue. Yeah. Okay. So it's worth 500 points. So it's difficult. If you're like scratching your head, if you're like, oh, that's. What is this? What even is that? It's going to get easier from here. So stay tuned. But if you're not scratching your head, if you're like, I'm going to send it for the boys, (laughs) for the prize. Send it for the win. Well, then get in at 0491-064-669. And, of course, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prizes. For this week, we have the great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation, as well as the KJV Bible with Mark Finley Study Helps as well. Full send. That's what we need. Absolutely. I just want to read a Bible verse today. A friend sent this to me, and it was just, just, it just spoke to my heart. This is from Psalm chapter 37, verse 23 and 24. The Bible says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. And I just want to, maybe you have, uh, you're listening and you've been thinking, man, I've stumbled, maybe I've, I've had a rough go, I've had some difficulties in life. Just remember that the Lord will make firm your steps. And mm. he will make sure that, if in, even if you stumble, you're not going to fall forever. Hold on to the Lord's hand, and he'll pull you back up. So whatever you might be going through, whatever's happening in your life right now, just recognize that God's got you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And he uh, He has plans for your life. So just delight in him. Delight in the Lord and spend time with him this morning. And that's what we're doing here on Faith FM uh, this morning right here on The Breakfast Show. I also want to shout out some of our listeners in Robertson, mm. New South Wales. Robertson. Robertson. Oh, you ever been to Robertson? No. 87.8. They're listening out there. Mm-hmm. Then also we got our amazing crew in Renmark, South Australia. Oh, yeah. I you know, know Renmark? Renmarkians. 87.6. So if you're in either Robertson, New South Wales, or Renmark, South Australia, just want to shout out to you guys. Mm. Thanks for listening so much. And wherever you're listening from, thank you so much mm. for letting us know and, and being a part of it. We had a, a meeting with Robbie yesterday. I was blown away. Mm. There are so many hundreds of thousands of listeners every day. And this mm. isn't from like some like random guesstimate. Like this is industry standards. Industry industry standards. We we have anywhere from six hundred thousand to nine hundred thousand listeners, you know. Uh, Tuning in to Faith FM. That's mm. a lot of people. And we just that want to say so hi nice. to all those people here in Australia. That's a mm. lot of people. And I'm, mm. I'm pretty excited about that. So thank you for being a part of the Faith FM community. Thank you for listening and showing your love by sending text messages yes. with beautiful, cute emojis to get us through the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Send us some texts. Let us know what you are up to. And by the way, Deanne smashes it out of the park. Oh, with the answer? With the correct answer. She got the answer right. She got the answer. Wow. Yeah, so good on you, Deanne. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning and talking about having firm steps. How do you feel about being a passenger in a car? Like you're just sitting there and someone else is driving. How do you feel about that? <laughs> it depends. Okay. I've. I Let's remember, say I'm, I'm driving. I'm scared for my life. Are you serious? <laughs> Because you're a motorcycle guy. I never go. I never know if you're going to just crank it to 200. I'm I'm like a really safe driver. Yeah, I know. 
But I, I'm, uh, but you said how do I feel? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm nervous. But then, okay, what about the person who makes me the most nervous in the driver's seat is me, though. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like I'm an untrustworthy individual. It's kind of like the I've vibe. Got too many tickets. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. How do you feel then about if you're a passenger and the person driving the car is actually a robot? Uh, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Actually? Yeah. That's kind of free. Well, so self-driving cars is something that we've about. I watched about. a video about it with two 80-year-old guys got in the back of a car, but yep. there was no driver, and they were just losing it. That was like, what is going on? Yeah, I saw that as well. So self-driving cars, it's happening, taking place. The place where they're testing self-driving cars the most is actually in San Francisco. Yeah, that makes sense. Because that's like where all the tech bros live, but also the best place to test it because San Francisco is a hectic-ass city with gnarly driving conditions. Yeah. So it was actually... And crazy roads. Yeah. Like, they're, I they, think one they of the, the windiest roads... Windiest and steepest road. Yeah. It, what a weird... Let me just say, I grew up in Northern California and San Francisco. I went there often, almost every year. And every time I went, I was like, why, why have I done this? Why have I done this to myself? <laughs> Take me home. I had the privilege of going to San Francisco when I was 10 and just just living my best life. Well, if you could... <laughs> 10 years old, best life. Uh, when you... I will say this. If you can have a self-driving car in San Francisco, you can pretty much have one anywhere. Well, That's probably why they're doing it there. In the UK, they've been testing self-driving cars, but not just any regular old test self-driving car that has some, some cameras on it. So there is a company. It's called Serve City. Okay, and how they're running their self-driving cars is that their self-driving cars have like a bunch of cameras on them. Serve City. That sounds like a volleyball team. But then an epic volleyball team. But then Serve City have tapped in to the camera network of the city itself. Oh, no. To track your car and help it drive around and avoid hazards. Dude, that that is... That scares me. That's freaky. Yeah, that that is... You're telling? Oh no 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 no! Sorry, like that is one of the most wildest things ever. So now we got cars that tap in to the city's cameras because isn't London like the most cameraed city in yeah. the world or something like that? Mm-hmm. Everything's on camera. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm sorry, London. Like, you can't get away with weird. anything there. It's not. It's not about getting away with stuff. <laughs> it's about just having a life that's of privacy. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't want someone to, like, see me picking my nose or something like that. Like, it, it's just weird. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not that I would ever pick my nose, by the way, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I thought this was fascinating because up until this point, it's mostly been, like, cameras on the car and then a GPS system. But they're like, if you are in such a city in which is so, you know, uh, cameraed. cameraed, you know, so, so surveilled, <laughs> then, then yeah, this saves a lot of time and energy and effort and and money in developing um, a better system in the car itself. But then I'm like, what if you want to go somewhere outside the city? No, it sounds Orwellian to me. Oh, okay. Very 1984 You're, you're thinking this is yeah. like the, the total brother. authoritarian deep state. To the max. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not into that. I want to go out. I want to go climb a mountain. I want to go and see the sunrise. I want to go swimming in the rivers. And I want to go surfing in the oceans. I don't want to be watched every step and every move even i'm not even doing anything wrong mm. like i've i've changed my life from my earlier younger days of stupidity mm-hmm. and i've become a christian i'm not even doing wrong things but it still feels wrong 
because you just you're like guilty by association, and the association is all the cameras watching you everywhere around. Well, it's an interesting thing. I think that the the technology of self driving cars is cool, but I think you bring up an interesting point of being watched, and like personally thinking about this, hyper surveillance always leads to. I think authoritarianism and harsh judgment. You know, if if a country's ideal is to just continually su- surveil people, like say what they have in China with all like the uh, face identification and all that thing, the social credit system, it's for the purpose of control. But what we need to know is that there is a God who is always watching, and thankfully that God gives us freedom to be able to make the choices that we. So true that we are allowed to make, but simultaneously we need to know and recognize and understand, oh, he's watching, he sees me, he loves me. So not only am I compelled to do right by him, but I know that he's also always there for me, which the self-driving car, I'm not confident to say it always will be. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson live on Faith FM while we are diving through some news stories, preparing for our Bible study a little bit later on. Mm. And we have a weird story that I want to share mm-hmm. that this is, a, this is an example. I know we're going to do that. We're going to do a quiz first, but this is an example of a story that has nothing to do with racism, but people are trying to make it racist simply because of the color of a man's skin. And even the man is like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? But I want to get to that in just a little bit. And it's a very interesting uh, It's a very interesting society that we live in. If there's anything that happens that's bad, it's automatically racist. And I want to talk about that in just a little bit. But first, the clue. Oh, it's your fault. Uh, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. What number am I? The number of concubines left behind by David to take care of the palace. <laughs> Sorry. So, if you know what that unfortunate number is, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. The old concubines left behind scenario mm. it's just uh oh man david what a guy what a, what a a life of ups and downs uh, for sure was yeah. didn't he i i gotta be honest like i read those stories about solomon and david and they had they had all these wives and concubines i'm just like guys why would you do that to yourselves <laughs> like that's no that's that's definitely god well i mean in all reality god intended like one man and one woman to have uh, a, a relationship together, not not a guy to have a whole bunch of women on the side. Like it's just it complicates everything, right? I think we had a a caller or or a text or something in about that as well too on the other show. Shell, mm. is that right about polygamy? Uh, something about that? Yeah, no, mm. I think polygamy just complicates it. First off, relationships are complex enough, mm. right? But you start adding multiple people, that's that's going to make things very, very difficult. Super difficult. Yeah. I I feel sorry for David in this scenario. And the concubines. Oh, Don't just yeah. feel sorry for David. They feel sorry for the concubines as well, too. I mean, I guess they lived in a palace, but it wouldn't have been much of a romantic love life. It would have been... It would have been and when I say love life, I mean like a loving relationship. Like mm. to live that way and to live that life. So... Ah, that I, that's definitely clearly not the design that God gave us. He mm. 
created marriage in the Garden of Eden. It's a beautiful thing between a man and a woman, uh, a loving relationship to uphold and to help each other through the difficult times of life Mm. and to support each other. Absolutely. Hey, again, question, number of concubines left behind by David, and that number is 0491-064-669-4. 400 points this morning. So get in. That will go towards our draw for the prize, which is coming at the end of this week, which is tomorrow. So, guys, this is your, you're running out of time, running out of opportunities. Get in. Absolutely. Lawson, I want to tell you a story. Tell me it. There's a guy. His mm-hmm. name is Peter Bull. He is <sighs> originally here. I have notes here where he actually came from. He's a former Victorian of the Year. Uh, wow. And he, well, no, he told. So, former Victorian of the Year, Bur, Burhan Ahmed, told uh, News Corp last month that the Athletics Australia needs to investigate if racism was behind Peter Bull's treatment. Because Peter Bull, he is a runner in the Olympics. I think he got fourth place in mm. the last Olympics. Where were the last Olympics? I can't remember. Tokyo. Okay, in Tokyo, yeah. That was kind of a weird Olympics for me. Yeah, well, it was the 2020 COVID. Olympics in 2021. That's what threw me off. I was mm. like, my heart was not prepared for an odd year of Olympics. No one was. I was more. No I was, was ready for the 2020 Olympics. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, Peter Bull's family, he fled war-torn Sudan when he was just four years old and immigrated to Egypt. Uh, and then he arrived in Australia as a 10-year-old. Now, this is crazy. I actually have a lot of friends who are who did the same thing. They're from Sudan. Mm. They go to Egypt, and then they became uh, refugees here in Australia. Now, the crazy thing, like, why would I have friends like that? Uh, I mean, the, the, real, the weird answer is I was actually uh, an Australian refugee as well, too, or an American refugee. I know mm-hmm. that sounds crazy. And as, as I'm saying it, people are like, that's impossible. But I literally was. I, I got married in Africa a long time ago. And uh, when, when I was uh, married over there, uh, we ended up coming to Australia on political asylum refugee visas. I was like a dependent on that visa, and I became... To my knowledge, the first American refugee in Australia. Uh, if there are any other American refugees... That is so crazy. It's crazy because I was a dependent on her visa, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was. A, it's kind of a long, longer story that we don't have to get into. But the point is, when you are a refugee, you actually can then go and connect and talk with other refugees as well, too. And so, And then the point of that story is we actually lived with a family who... They were refugees from Sudan. Mm. They moved to Egypt, then immigrated to Australia. And then we actually lived all in the same house as refugees, right? Mm. So this is how we got to know each other, right? So when I read this story about Peter Bull, who is also uh, a refugee from Sudan through Egypt, I was like, hey, that reminds me of my family that I hung out with and stayed with as well, too, who are mm. also refugees. But that's not what this story is about. This story, and, th- and that's what's interesting, any time... There is a, a person of color and something bad happens, we automatically, as a society, now go, ha oh, ha, it must be racist. But Peter Bull had a terrible thing happen to him. Mm. He was in the Olympics. He did really, really well in the Olympics. But the Australian Institute of Sport or whatever, I don't even uh, know. Are you talking about the, the drug, like the ASADA? Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, so Sports Integrity Australia, yeah. SIA, uh, and Federal Sports Minister as well, they they essentially 
said that Peter Bull was using a banned substance called EPO. It's a, it's a longer name of something mm. else that I, I'm not even going to go down. I'm not a scientist. Uh, but he was basically stripped from his ability to compete anymore mm. because they were saying that he was using uh, performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah. Now, Peter Bull has unanimously denied this, saying, no, that's never happened. I've never done this. Anyway, two independent laboratories, one from Norway have tested his blood from an independent sample and said, no, actually, he has naturally occurring EPO in his body, but that's not an illegal substance. He just yeah. has more than other people would, which probably makes sense why he's super amazingly it's fast. Incredible, yeah. But it's not from a synthetic source. Yeah, and right? a lot of the top-level athletes at time have been at times have been accused of stuff like this. There are some that, that have, but like... There's a lot of them are like the reason they're so good is because they're naturally, naturally insanely fit. Like, right. Yeah. You get they, super, super fit and it's very easy to yeah. have other people go like, hmm. Yeah. Well, like they have a, some kind of natural advantage, which has led them to be the top of their sport. Yeah. So when these independent researchers gave this the results, uh, and the, this was all revealed on Wednesday by the Herald, Bull's legal team sent a letter to Sports Integrity Australia demanding it drop its ongoing investigation into the 800-meter national champion. So he is the Australian national champion mm. as well, too. And because two independent experts have both cleared him of using any substance at all. Mm. Uh, but people are saying, this is racist. But Peter Bull himself, this is what he says, it wasn't racism. It was incompetence, right? <laughs> and that's that's the, the story that, wow. that makes me realize we live in a world where when incompetence happens, where there's a problem that happens, the first thing that people look at is the outside, right? They don't look at... So this is a story about what's going on on the inside of his body, but instead they're looking at the outside color of his skin and go, ha ha, it must be racism and all of the bandwagon individuals jump on board to say it's racism it's racism it's racism yeah. but the guy himself is saying uh-uh it's incompetence yeah and i think sometimes it's uh yeah people try to make problems out as something that they're actually not and make it also somewhat of a systemic problem too like oh this is this is from you know a, a systemic racism taking place against it. but I would again no it's 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 personal incompetence on behalf For of sure. the ruling you know but body here. Th- here's the other thing as well too. Only those you trust can betray you. Mm. This is a quote by Terry Goodkind and it made me realize so Peter Bowles trusting his career in the hands of these sports you know the sports institute mm. and then he's getting betrayed because they're now saying you're a cheater even though he's mm. not and he's been proven that he's not. This reminds me of Matthew chapter 10, verse 21 and 22 that says, Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father, even his child, and and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Mm. We live in a time, we live in a society where betrayal is a part of the society, which is very, very sad. But as we get closer to Jesus' return... People who are even closer to you, the Bible says, mm. are going to turn against you. Now, Peter Bull is dealing with an institute that's turned against him. 
And now the whole world is saying, oh, it's racism. And Peter Bull is saying, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. But what's going to happen is in the future is people are going to see that you are a Christian and betray you for your beliefs and for your Christianity. And so the only way to prepare for that is to read the word of God, to pray each day and to get closer to him and to recognize that God is the only solution Mm. to a society that looks on the outside to solve the problems that are on the inside. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Ellen you I guess it doesn't look like like it's it's one L so it's not like Ellen I just try to say if I don't know how to say something if I say it in an Australian accent then I'll just feel better like oh yeah that's a Lindley (laughs) (laughs) thank you wow we feel I I feel so like comfortable now I'm like a fellow Australian (laughs) right here we've got other fellow Australians in the studio absolutely and we're going to talk to that person very soon but before What number am I? So we've gone through a couple of questions here. Now, Daniel had a vision of a beast that had this number of horns on his head. Ah. So, well, man, we're getting... That could be any number of horns. We're getting... Because there's different beasts with different... No, there's there's only one beast with horns. No. And then the one, and then the... Don't forget about the... Yeah, but we had some previous clues that should help <laughs> you true, out. That's true, that's true. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. Again, I'll tell you the previous question, which was the number of concubines left behind by David to take care of the palace. And so if, if that's classic, the, it's the, that classic same question. number of concubines as the number of horns on this beast. So 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And already Braden's shot in a correct answer. Andrew as well. Just absolutely just demolishing this quiz. Prophetic geniuses. Absolutely. But you're listening to The Breakfast Show, and right now we have an interview. With Caitlin Clutie. How are you, Caitlin? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Excellent. We we invited you in here today because uh, we have... We have a, a lot of different topics that we talk about here. We talk about Bible stuff. We talk about evangelism. We talk about um, mental health. But now we're going to talk about physical health as mm. part of the, the New Start program. They were like, nutrition, the next letter is exercise, right? Mm. And so today we want to do a little fitness expose. But I was, uh, I was kind of excited to hear not long ago you passed all your exams and you are now a certified what? Clinical exercise physiologist. A clinical oh, wow. exercise physiologist. Bring that mic a little bit closer and get and just get a little bit louder. Like give us the give us the juice. Say here. it with your chest, yeah. Because that what is. What are I, you again? A clinical exercise physiologist. Yeah! Amazing. <laughs> well, are you one of those, Blake? I am the exact opposite of that. Yeah, neither. Yeah. Well, I don't I'm know. A clinical couchologist. I don't know if you look at like <laughs> we, we want to talk about exercise because we're kind of we're some set specimens, Blake. We're. <laughs> Yeah, that need her. That in our lives. yeah, that need yeah. help. Uh, so, okay. exercise. Give us the give us the juice here. So, Caitlin, what does that mean? I don't even know. Those are two bigger words for me. <laughs> I guess the best way to explain what an exercise physiologist does is they treat chronic um, and acute and subacute illness, disease, and injuries through exercise. Okay. Mm. Let's break that down a little bit. So we got chronic, acute, and subacute. So chronic is like the long-term stuff, mm-hmm. like the, the knees that pop when you get up off the couch to go grab the Cheetos, okay? Uh, the subacute, well, I don't ever heard of that. What's a subacute? It's just like 
really short time. Okay. I keep and, and also yeah. like when I stub my toe on the or I when I step on a Lego and I think that the world is literally coming to an end. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and then an acute. What's acute? This is short term. Short term. So subacute is like super short term. Okay. So life threatening Lego steps, and then also acute would be like sprained ankle. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And preventative stuff as well. And preventative mm. stuff as well too. And so you use. Uh, is it exercise to work through that as well too? Yeah, for okay. sure. Okay, very, very cool. Awesome. So talking about exercise, where do I start to get in shape? Like what's the what's step one? I mean, step one would just be to be thinking about it, to be honest. I mean, okay. as soon as you start thinking about it and planning the cognition and preparing, stage. that's really important. I've been doing that for 30, 35 years, so I'm in that stage. Yeah. Okay. The next step would be to actually just start implementing things. I'd say like the best way for someone who doesn't know how to structure exercise into their life, just start putting more incidental physical activity into your life. So that means parking the car at the other end of the parking lot and walking a further way. In the rain. Into, I mean, in the rain. Well, it's not oh, raining today. I just wanted to, add, I just wanted to feel like uh, – the, the boxer, oh, I forgot his name. Rocky. Rocky. I was thinking yeah. Rambo. That's not his name. <laughs> so, yeah, I just want to be like, dun, 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 you know, like, okay. I'm going to the office. Yeah. yeah. You know, okay. Mm. So, or like taking the stairs instead of the lifts. Yeah. Just creating more, I guess, physical activity throughout your day. Mm. Okay. I, I was just thinking about, I just took a lift to the top of one of the tallest buildings in Newcastle, and I do not want to take the stairs on that one. It was like 19 floors. So it's pretty, it's a beautiful view though. Uh, I was, uh, (laughs) speaking of taking the stairs, I went, I, when I was, I think I was 15, I went to the Eiffel Tower with my mum. No, you didn't do the stairs, did you? I did the stairs. Yeah. What? My, my mum did the elevator. I was, dude, I was an athlete at the time. I'm like, I am running these stairs. And I start at the bottom. How many floors is that? Like, so it was from the the base area where... Right, right. Not like the base base, but like the base... Like the, the next one. The level one to the very top. And it's, it's just like this spiral staircase that goes up and up and up and up and up. And I'm like, I am running these stairs. And I think I've never felt so accomplished once I got to the top. It was amazing. That reminds me of the time that I climbed the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And I felt nauseous. Because I was <laughs> at a 45 degree <laughs> angle the whole time... I was climbing the stairs. I got to the top and almost threw up off the edge. Ah, I was like, never doing that again. (laughs) Uh, But then I did it again because I had to go down. Mm. But pretty, pretty crazy stuff. So take the stairs. Incidental. I love that. Incidental exercises is one of the best ways to to start getting into shape. Oh, can I ask you a question in regards to incidental exercise? I see a lot of people have gotten into like standing desks and those mm. kinds of things. And it's the idea is that, you know, you're helping posture and circulation. And in, in a way, people like, like I've heard someone say to me like, oh, and also if I'm just standing the whole time, I've got to be burning calories rather than sitting down. And so how, how, how yeah, what are you, your thoughts on that? How do you feel about that? The controversy about standing desks. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, they're good. I wouldn't use them all the time. They can be fairly impractical. I'd say like the walking desks are probably better than a standing desk when you What? Sit- yeah, because Is that like-, like where you just strap a desk on and go for a walk outside? No, it's like no. a little mini treadmill. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was like that's cool. But like often when people are just standing around, right? You think, "Oh, this is going to improve my posture." But if you're standing and then you're like favoring one side and then slouching because you're getting tired from standing, you're just going to be putting your body in like 
a different position and you might get sore, you might oh. start getting back pain. There might be other things that come I always kind of so. stand at a desk and like lean to one side to like impress like the girls be like, hey, what's up? You know, but, like um, that. but that doesn't work. Yeah. You know? okay. So like if you're standing on one side, <laughs> no, you're I'm saying it, it never impresses any girls. <laughs> yeah. That's the and that and it also will affect your health. As, yeah. Okay. As, Negatively. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the standing is good. Like, Obviously, mm. standing is probably better than sitting all day long, but mm. I would use a combination. Mm. I'm gonna. I want to do one where I'm like standing on a Bosu ball, really activate that core. Oh yeah, yeah well, because like people, people, people sit on the little bouncy exercise balls. balls. Yeah. yeah, that's that's for core. But okay, there's incidental exercise, but I feel like a lot of people, you know have within their life incidental exercise but then they're not necessarily seeing you know they're not becoming athletes out of it and whatnot i i think for a lot of people it's that next step between incidental and intentional where there's a a quite a it's quite a big step it's quite a big hurdle a big barrier of like wait what am i supposed to do yeah so in that case just find something that you actually enjoy for Blake's mm. case, for example, he likes surfing. I do. So mm-hmm. why not just set aside a day in the week where you go surfing? Other you people- heard it right here live on Faith FM. I need to start setting aside a day for surfing so you might not see me on the <laughs> breakfast show. <laughs> you know, it's or- for my health, people. <laughs> Some people like swimming, cycling, dancing, take a dance class. Mm. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that's like the next level. I was, I was thinking about. Uh, just like the awkward situation where you're just getting into a kettlebell and then you release it on the up and it flies through the roof or something of your house. Like I was just thinking that could be rough as well too. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Yes. I think you'd be training for like the Scottish Olympics or something. <laughs> yeah, the Highland <laughs> Games. I hate the Highland Games. Uh, um, that's a, I, have, I have a question in regards to this about because when we then become intentional with exercise, I've heard a lot of different perspectives on the idea of consistency. Like whether it's once a week or, you know, one hour a week or five minutes a day or and you would you'd be the perfect position to know this. Cause or five minutes a week. Mm-hmm. Like, where, where's the, the healthy balance? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, the Australian guidelines basically say 150 minutes of moderate aerobic, in, uh, moderate intensity aerobic exercise a mm. week. So, hey, give me examples of that. Right. Dancing for 150 minutes? A week, though. So, like, oh. you break that up. You're doing like 20 to 30 minutes a day mm, of, dancing. of just like, yeah, of dancing at a moderate intensity. So you're not like going so hard that you can't talk. Mm-hmm. It's that you're going, mm. you know, just your heart's beating, you're sweating a little bit, but you can mm. still maintain a conversation mm-hmm. kind of intensity. And, or if you're like someone who doesn't really like that, like I'm not super into moderate intensity. So if you're, High want intensity. to do like high intensity, then you only have to do 75 minutes a week. Really? Yeah. So if you take the step from like, if, if you're going from moderate to high, then mm-hmm. in terms of your heart rate, that would go from say aerobic to inaerobic, like that, that next level, like pushing like 175 BPM. Okay. So, <laughs> 175 BPM. I, I'm pushing myself into the hospital. That, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you'd go with that. Blake. That's yeah, like that, high, that's high, really high, high. <laughs> okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to get the, the yeah, level for of you, Lawson, you could hundred percent do that. 175. <laughs> yeah, I, love it. I love it. If I go to 175, call triple zero immediately. No, that's, okay. that's, that's a, that's a good heart rate to be scary, man. Yeah. I would be impressed. Okay. Well, now I'm going to do that. Here's another thought. I, Talking about this, uh, like using 
for, for say, dance as uh, an exercise. I try to do this in the grocery store, and my daughter stops me every time. So, like, you know, we're going down the aisle, and I'm trying to dance, and she's like, Dad, you're embarrassing me. I'm like, no, Caitlin said I need to dance, okay? <laughs> but that sounds, um, a little bit more ins- that sounds a little bit more incidental. No, I'm intentional, trust me. I'm intentionally just cruising down the aisles, getting those uh, getting those steps in and getting those dance in as well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I have a question. Are there any exercises that I should avoid? Oh, mm-hmm. good question. No. <laughs> Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, that is very specific to certain individuals, obviously. Right. There are some people that can't do certain activities. and some Like handstands for me. Mm-hmm. Sure, you. I mean, I wouldn't say though. There's there's anything stopping you from doing a handstand. Like, Can you, you teach could, me how to do a handstand? I, I could. Okay, oh. awesome. I'm gonna do a handstand now. Easily. But obviously, there are people with conditions that you know doing certain activities mm. might make their condition worse. So okay. you've got to weigh, I guess, the benefit with the cost. So mm. as long as the benefits outweigh the cost, then it's always going to be good for you. Mm. I would only be avoiding exercise that's going to be detrimental to your health, which that would be very specific. So, if Like if you have an injury or something. Yeah, I mean, but mm. people who are injured can still exercise. It's just to what extent and to what capacity they can exercise. So, I mean, if you're really unsure on what exercises you specifically should be avoiding, then I would just seek advice from a health mm. professional. But, yeah, in terms of whole body, I don't think there's any specific exercise that you should avoid. Do you have any like specific recommendations for making those lifestyle changes? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, I guess like the first thing would be to set a goal. Um, people will often set like a really long-term goal and go, oh, I want to lose like 10 kilos. Like, oh, I want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're not going to be able to do that short term. So, right. and then they'll just like lose momentum. So set mm. a really easy short term go- goal, one that you can achieve within like two weeks or so, okay. two, three weeks. Okay. And then work towards that goal. So once you've found your goal and you've set that goal, then set aside time each mm. week or each day to work on that goal, whether that's five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you need to start with. Mm. Got it. All right. And then find something that you enjoy. So, so not like a long-term goal, but like a short-term goal. Because I've always had the long-term goal of like doing my laundry on my abs, but I don't think I'm there yet. So yeah. Well, I mean, you can have that long-term goal, but yes. you'll need to send like multiple short-term goals in order to achieve it. Because Like just go buy laundry detergent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's step one. That would be step Clearly. one. <laughs> yes. And that's incidental as well too. What's the other one? I see you're looking at another one there. Oh, no. It's just like try to find an enjoyable way then to achieve that goal so that you're not like bored. You're not... You're actually enjoying it. Make it fun. Yeah, make it fun for yourself. And also focus on the other aspects that are in your life. Sleep, your health, your diet, your emotional well-being. Um, There are plenty of things that are going to help contribute to you achieving those goals. So you need to focus on other aspects as well. Okay, Mm. cool. Go for it, Lawson. I was just going to ask, like, in regards to goal, I think – a lot of people automatically associate maybe an exercise goal with like weight loss or figure in terms of from a health perspective is, is that the right association to have in terms of like, Oh, my goal or the outcome of exercising and being active should be that I'll be within this BMI range or something like that. Is that, is that the way in which people should look at setting those goals? 
No, definitely not. I would never look at weight loss as a goal. And my number one reason for saying that is because you can step on the scale one day and be 60 kilos and a year later step on the scale and be 60 kilos exactly where you started, but you've built a whole bunch of muscle, you've lost a whole bunch of fat. That number might not change. Mm. So if if you are looking at losing fat, mm-hmm. body fat, using something like a waist measurement, losing like one centimeter, two centimeters is much better mm-hmm. than weight loss and BMI also can change. It's not, it can change based on like just your body structure too. So Mm -hmm. it's not exactly the best thing to be basing your goals off of. Mm -hmm. I would be basing them more off things that you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And if it is specific, like if you are having problems with fat loss, then using something else like a, you know, a DEXA scan or a centimeter lost on your waist or something. DEXA scan. That sounds Fancy. I want to get one of those. They are fancy. You should. Okay. I'm going to. Kaylin, uh, mm. thank you so much for coming in uh, here on The Breakfast Show. It's actually been a pleasure. It's always good to have the interview here in the studio so that we can uh, see your reactions to our crazy questions. And I, I do want to say one more thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we talked about aerobic exercise being 150 minutes a week. You should not forget your strength training because that is super important, especially for men. Like, Super, super, super important. You've got your cardiovascular aerobic fitness, 150 minutes a week, keeping your heart healthy. That's going to be long-term the best thing to do for anyone. But you also have, you know, two to three times a week, you need to be building those muscles, you know, if not every day. Like strength training is super important for your bones, your joints, your ligaments, and, you know, keeping you healthy for longer. Genius. I'm going to go do some push-ups right now. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.